Well, I, I thought I would just maybe uh, give a little backdrop um, on my uh, my family background a little bit, and then Kristen will share a little bit about her family background just for a few minutes before we uh, share about um, the ministry in Germany. So I am a, far, a farm boy from uh, Ohio, grew up in Ohio, Northeast Ohio, uh, just south of Akron, Ohio, if you're familiar with the Midwest there in Ohio, but um, had uh, gone off to college in Texas. Um, and that was a deliberate act of me running away from God. Uh, so if you heard me share before, I had uh, grown up in a Christian family um, and uh, was being shared the gospel often and did not want to hear the gospel anymore. So part of me rebelling against God and even my parents and family um, I had deliberately decided to move out of state and, and wanted to go to college somewhere out of state, went to Texas. Lo and behold, there was a church on every corner in Texas. The town I was in was Abilene, Texas. And that's where, uh, God allowed me to, uh, be humbled. And, um, and just to the point actually where I, I, I thought my world was crashing around me, suicidal, and I began all out searching for the Lord. If there is a God in this world or of this universe, I want to know if there truly is a God. And so about a three month all out search, I started with the new agey stuff, of course, was uh, pursuing Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, all those uh, different um, religions and nothing was setting right in my spirit. And I know now that the Lord had given me a seed of truth while growing up in the in a church, and the Spirit was really at work at that time. And it drew me back, the Spirit drew me back to pick off the Bible off of my closet shelf and begin reading the Bible. That's how I got saved, reading the Bible. Go imagine. It wasn't evangelism on the street. It was reading the Bible. And so through that, uh, God uh, just, of course, every salvation story is a miracle, but God miraculous, miraculously saved me, uh, cleansed me, uh, redeemed me, because I knew, I came to know through Scripture that only Christ uh, provides salvation through what He did on a cross for us. And, and so just redeeming our soul, giving me eternal life. And so that put me on a trajectory, of course, of just giving my entire life for all uh, that he would have for me. I was studying engineering at the time. So I continued, finished my degree, went back to Akron area, back to Ohio, wanted to live my life out in front of my family so that they know that I had truly changed and given my Lord, my, my life to the Lord uh, and, and wanted to serve him. And then was uh, practicing in the engineering field, doing roads and bridges for five years before I felt uh, um, God asking me or challenging me to give up my position. I was telling people I was going to retire from the city of Akron as an engineer uh, doing roads and bridges. And uh, I was really proud of that, although very humbly um, acknowledging that God landed that position for me because I was super excited about being an engineer. And then I uh, just felt like God was calling me to ministry. So off to Chicago, I went and that's where I met uh, Kristen at Moody Bible Institute. We were taking classes at the graduate level there in, at Moody, and um, and we met there my first semester, her last semester. So God had providentially just had us cross paths, and she doesn't know when we first met, but I do. I remember the conversation. And so, yeah. Um, but then we came on out here for further training in expository preaching and biblical counseling. And so, 
Um, I'll let Kristen share a little bit of uh, her side of things and then uh, a little bit more about what we're doing here at Grace and our ministry in Germany. Then, so. Thank you, ladies, for having us here. It's a delight to be in mindset with you. Um, so like many of you, I was born at a young age. <laughs> but unlike probably most of you, I was born in uh, Wisconsin in the city of Oshkosh. That is where they sell and make Oshkosh Bagosh. Uh, is the actual city. Um, and I love growing up there. Uh, my mom and dad both love the Lord, know him. My dad uh, was a teacher and a swim coach. And uh, my mom stayed at home with us. And they exemplified uh, Christ to us. My older brother, I have an older brother and a younger sister. My older brother, Eric, when I was quite young, uh, would tell me that I needed Jesus to save my sins. And like any little kid, probably two or three, I told him, I don't need my sins saved. So just to confirm that, yes, we are all born with sin in our hearts and we need Christ. Um, it wasn't until I was probably about six or seven, uh, we would have what's known as five-day clubs in our neighborhood. I grew up in the country and we'd invite our neighbors and it is a portion of child evangelism fellowship, which I know Anna Marie um, teaches still on, on Zoom, but love what they do. Their heart is for kids. And through that, uh, they usually do a Bible story, missionary story. You get a ribbon when you learn the verse for the day. And there's some games and treats. Well, one day, my mom said she purposely had my favorite treat to want to see if I really wanted to know about who Christ was. And I remember that day, uh, the teacher, his name was Miss Gross. She was not, she was very sweet. <laughs> and she asked if I would want to come up and talk more about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And I, I was drawn, I wanted to learn more. And so she took me through Romans road for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. We're deserving death and separation from God, but through Jesus Christ, through his blood, through forgiveness of sins, we can know his grace and freedom from sin and we can live under his control. And um, so I made that decision um, at that point. I was so excited. I did not even think about the treat. I, I don't even remember it to this day. My mom had to tell me uh, what it was, but I remember turning around, going to my neighborhood friends and telling them about Jesus. You have to know Jesus. He loves you and he'll forgive your sins. Um, so that just started um, in my heart, just a growth for um, loving people and wanting people to know Christ. Um, I like to say sometimes my life, I like to think of it as my life in songs. And probably the first song I would think of is make me a servant. You know, that song, make me a servant, humble and meek. Lord, let me lift up those who are weak. And that just became my prayer and my heart's cry. Um, even at a young age, um, my mom would also read us stories about Florence Nightingale. She was actually a believer in an aristocratic family in um, Great Britain. And I wanted to be like her. I wanted to serve. I wanted to be a nurse as part of just being a servant for, for the Lord. Um, God grew me through that, went through um, some hard thing, went to a Christian school, but not a lot of people I like to say they were immunized. So Christ didn't really affect them that much. They didn't really live for the Lord. They had just enough to sort of be immune to his effect, um, but not really be on fire, love the Lord. So I was sort of um, 
an odd child in that way, an odd kid. I love the Lord. Um, I had a chance to lead worship team and, um, and just minister, kind of stand out in a sense from the crowd. And I remember at graduation, there were some girls that came up to me and said, you know, Kristen, thank you so much for setting an example for not being like us in the world. Cause we really look up to you and we look up to your example in Christ. And that just meant so much because uh, it meant a lot of times I was, you know, quite isolated in, in junior high and in high school. Um, God did help me through that time, overcome just being shy and realizing that being shy was just another name for saying I was, a, I was afraid of people. I feared people more than I feared God and loved God wants us to love him and love others. And so mom, my mom, I said, she knows that she knew about biblical counseling before I did, because she took me to God's word and just helped me overcome those things. Uh, ended up going to the university of Wisconsin Oshkosh for my nursing degree. And it was the first time I was on a secular campus and your light shines bright in a dark place. It really does. Cause you are completely counter. There's no standing on the fence. You are either for Christ or walking with the world. There is really no, you can't, you can't walk the middle. And so I was really blessed with some sweet friends. Um, I was in college right when, how many remember Columbine? the very first. So I was in college at that time. I forget if I was a sophomore or junior, but um, we sort of capitalized on that and had Jesus week and uh, talked about Christ, had some open seminars, prayed for students, but that was a really formative time. I feel like if people are going to come to Christ, college is really a great opportunity. And so that was just a sweet time for me to learn what it's like to be salt and light. Um, always wanted to be in missions. I went to Ethiopia Um Flew out. I was supposed to fly the day after the September 11th happened and flew out a week later to Ethiopia and served with uh, Sudan Interior Mission, now serving in missions SIM for uh, several months in their ministry with um, nursing after I had my nursing degree and wanted to get some Bible training. So that's why then Moody graduate school um, and where Jeff and I met. Yes, I don't remember the first time, but I'm glad that God impressed it on my heart through my best friend, who's my prayer partner and my mom um, said, you really need to give Jeff another chance. So uh, God uh, definitely impressed on my heart that I did and thankful that Jeff took the lead on that and, and served in that way. So, and we just have a huge heart for biblical counseling. Jeff introduced me to it and God is sufficient in his scripture and it's powerful, which is why we, we then moved out here and God has given us four beautiful boys that we're super thankful for. All right. Very good. So, um, I have a couple of slides that will maybe give you some visuals as we talk through, think through about, uh, uh, what Germany might be like for us. And so, uh, but the first slide is not quite yet about Germany. And so I had to, had to throw this one in. Uh, because, uh, of course, my wife's background, we will be watching American football from Europe. So don't worry. <laughs> um, no, we, we love sports, of course, a house of sports, four boys and myself, very sports oriented uh, before uh, Christ. So I spent a lot of my days as a kid uh, pursuing sports and playing and trying to perfect the craft of how to be the best athlete possible. Right. Uh, but yeah, of course. So we are Packer fans. My wife's family are all uh, Packer fans and I tend to go towards college. I love the Buckeyes. So I am a Buckeye at heart. Yes. Right. Good. Uh, yeah. Go Buckeyes. 
And so, uh, but that's us. That was our crew a couple of, uh, maybe a year ago now, maybe a year and a half ago or so. This is a little bit about what we're doing currently here. Uh, my position at the university is as director of the MABC program. I, gradu- uh, I graduated the program four years ago, graduated the, uni- uh, the, the seminary here four years ago, and have been director of the MABC program. So it's been a great privilege and honor just to just to be a part of the office there and continue to learn from the professors there as they uh, teach classes. And then also I was able to uh, um, teach some classes as well. So did some uh, a number of di- different biblical counseling classes there, uh, classes like marriage and family, conflict resolution. Um, one of my favorites was a theological basis for biblical counseling where I got to use the systematic theology that Dr. MacArthur produced, our, our pastor produced. And um, so the exciting part is that now that is actually already translated into German. So I get to actually use that in a classroom for German, uh, German uh, biblical counseling classes. So I'm excited about that. Not only teaching through it in, in English, now I get to do it in Germany. So, uh, and then also here at Grace, um, we're a part of Joint Heirs. I'm uh, I'm a deacon, serve as a deacon at Grace, and uh, also counsel and lead us help lead a small group. So um, this is a picture of a few of our people in a small group. Not every, not by far, not everybody's in there, but there's a. We love our small group. Have been in this group for a number of years, and. Um, just teaching through, actually, I'm, I'm just about to finish up the Sermon on the Mount in the group. And so usually it's me and another guy that are swapping off on, on teaching. Uh, but it's been a great joy to, to serve in this group and just get to know, uh, families and individuals in this group. So, uh, and then also, of course, you know, uh, our pastors here at, in Joint Heirs just wanted to get their mugshot in front of you. This, these are the, uh, these are the couples that really know uh, us. I, I always uh, jokingly, but it's true too. But uh, Pastor John Street is is one who is not only my boss, but he's also my pastor. So he knows a lot about me, a lot about us, and it's it's been a great joy to really learn uh, under him and, um, just be a part of ministry here with Dr. Street. And of course, Tom Patton, uh, it's been a, it's been a great influence, uh, in our lives. Lori has been, um, wonderful with Kristen and just their encouragement, um, in ministry and, and in life in general, uh, great examples. So this is, uh, Lechtrum is the church plant on the east side of Berlin. So you see the skyline there. I wanted to give you a, a visual of the skyline. It's not much, not like LA, not like Chicago, not like New York, no real skyscrapers there, except for there's one little tower there downtown. It's called the TV tower. So it's got a little bubble on the top there. Um, Kristen, do you know if there's a, if there's a restaurant in that? I think for some reason there might be uh, in the TV tower. I'm, I thought I heard that, but I'm not sure if that's what it's in the top, but um, but anyway, uh, this is the location Berlin's Northeast in Germany. So close to Poland, if you know your geography there, but, um, Lectrum is the church plant. that was planted about a year and a half ago now, and we'll be, we'll be joining that church plant when we get there. And then I'll split my time as, um, as leader in the church there. And also, uh, as professor in EBTC, which we'll get to in a second here. Just wanted to give you a visual and some uh, numbers. If you're a numbers person, I'm very numbers oriented. I'm an engineer, so uh, very much thinking numbers. Um, here you see Germany, 83 million people. 
that's just Germany. There are other German speaking uh, countries in Europe, of course. And so this is just Germany. Uh, and, and so the area compared to California, if you think about it this way, uh, Germany is about, um, what is it there? 84% the size of California. However, twice the people. All right. So you can imagine California is about 40 million. Germany is about 83 million, right? So, and then the, the most critical number on the screen here is this next one. Evangelicalism is at 2.13%, less than 3%. There's an organization called Operation World. They produce a massive book every about five or six years, and they have every single country listed in that book. And this is where that number comes, comes from. They're, it's an evangelical group. They do, um, they do statistics on every single country, even evangelical-wise, where, where the countries are at, spirit, trying to get a spirit, spiritual uh, litmus of, of the, the culture uh, and evangel evangelicalism ac across the planet, while they would say that Germany is now an unreached people group. We know Germany and Switzerland as the land of the Reformation, right? Uh, but it's definitely not uh, that now. And in fact, they need good theology. All right. So, and then just a broader picture here, Europe. Most of us don't think in these terms. I know I haven't before this, but uh, Europe has twice the population of the United States. 750 million people, uh, the United States, 330 million, right? So, um, so there's a great need. Europe is very much similar to Germany and their spiritual, uh, where they're at spiritually, spiritually dead. Um, and so they're post-Christianity, if you will. They're past talking about God. You walk the streets of Berlin, uh, they don't, they don't want to talk about God. In fact, you bring up God to them, a lot of times you'll get this glazed over look or even eyes rolling back in their head. And, oh, here we go. They don't want to talk about God for the most part. But, you know, as much as I do, in a dark place like this, there are people that are hungry, hungry for God's word, hungry for the truth, hungry for true salvation, hungry for guidance in life. So there's a great need, um, of course. Uh, a lot of these things are not unfamiliar to you. Uh, you guys know the team there very well already. This is the church plant uh, where they're meeting currently. And you can be praying for them. They are actually already outgrowing their meeting place within the first year of meeting. So the house on the right is their kind of sanctuary or Sunday house. This is where they do church on Sundays. Uh, so they have a, a big kind of living room area that's probably the size of one third of this room here. Um, and so probably about 50, 60 people meet in there on a weekly basis, bunch of kids. When we visited January a year ago, uh, the, the boys loved it. They absolutely loved it because, uh, there were almost as many kids as adults in the church. And so, and a lot of those kids could actually speak English. So they were super excited about that. Um, so anyway, the house on the left is their office building. It's about 10 miles or 10 minutes from the, the house they use for Sunday morning service. So, so the, the pastors actually have a, a place to do their studies and meet with people during the week and, um, and counsel there. But uh, just to give you an idea of their church. So this is us when we were there a year ago. Uh, the guys there will give a little bit more snapshot of who they are and their wives there. Um, this is just a reference to downtown. So this is between the church and EBTC downtown. EBTC has their building downtown. So that's where the red dot is. And then uh, it's about a 35 minute drive out to the church or vice versa. So we plan to probably be living closer to the church in that area. Uh, 
And so then during the week, I'd be driving downtown or taking the train downtown to teach or, uh, or meet with people at EBTC. Uh, so their location downtown is very uh, strategic, very prominent. So it's a, it's a great location. I'll show you that in a second. But um, these are the three couples that have launched the church. And they're all three. The guys are EBTC professors. And so they're, they're uh, obviously very well grounded, very well, um, uh, you know, as far as leadership goes, they're, they're very well equipped to, to launch the church. And so we'll be joining. So it's this, uh, this is uh, uh, Theo, Theo and Lily uh, Friesen, uh, Matthias and Esther Froelich. The, uh, the center couple there, Esther and Matthias, are actually Romanian. Um, and so they're both Romanian, moved into uh, Berlin to be a part of ministry there. In fact, uh, Kristen and I did a, a trip to Romania before we were married. Uh, we did a missions trip to Romania. So we have a bunch of connections, a bunch of churches in Romania that we, that we consider friends. And um, it's just a, a great blessing to, um, to have those connections now that we're going to be in, in Berlin soon. And then Ralph and uh, Kirsten Knoll uh, are from Austria. So, uh, so they moved into Berlin to be a part of the ministry as well. So... Um, this is a picture of the church currently. And, uh, so lots of kiddos. Um, it's a good little group. We're excited to be able to join them, uh, very soon. Again, they meet on the East side, on the East side of the wall, the Berlin wall that came down in 89. So a more atheistic side of Berlin West side is not quite as atheist, atheistic even yet. Um, so this is the, uh, EBTC building downtown. You might've seen this in other presentations before with, uh, Germany, but, uh, the bottom level there is all office building and classroom or meeting space for not only the EBTC training center, but also this is where the main church, uh, meets then on Sunday mornings. And this is where the, the so this would be the mother church of the church plant. All right. So the guys that were part of this church and a part of this training center are now the guys that are planting the church on the east side. And so they use this building. The The top three levels are all uh, condos, actually. So great opportunity for evangelism. You have a church meeting right below you. Come on down Sunday mornings, right? Uh, but also you could be praying for this church. They have outgrown their space. So they are looking for a another place to meet that would suit them better as far as a sanctuary goes to meet on Sunday mornings. Oh, let me back up. So just down the river, you see that TV tower. Now you see, you could tell uh, from the map overview that it's a prominent position where this building is, but it's really a key spot on the river, right downtown, right off one of the main train stops. So literally anybody coming in from anywhere across Europe uh, would have easy access to the training center, which is just phenomenal. So uh, it's, uh, it's critical location. All right. And so that gives you, brings us to this map, which if you grab a, uh, one of our prayer cards, if you haven't already on the back of the prayer card, you have this map and the four cities that are listed there are there uh, for a reason. The four cities are not um, obscure. These are the cities that we will be training in or EBTC is already holding classes in these cities all year long. So I'll join kind of the, uh, the travel Regiment of the professors and going in these different cities. So it'll be Rhineland, uh, Zurich, Switzerland, and then Vienna, Austria, that we'll be doing classes in, teaching in. Uh, three weekends out of the month, we'll be in one of these cities uh, doing classes with EBTC. 
They have uh, currently in all the locations collectively, they have about 600 students as I'm told. So, and by the way, the MDiv program, uh, they want, they would like me to be the director of that with my experience here as the director of the MABC. They want me to be the director of the MDiv there that they just launched two years ago. And they have 30 students in the, in that program from 17 different countries. So you, you can get the picture already. There's a lot of ministry training going on for the next, uh, next round of pastors throughout Europe coming to EBTC to be trained. And so it's extreme. It's really humbling for me to think about the opportunity, but I'm super excited about mentoring uh, some of these uh, guys coming in that want to be trained in, in right theology uh, there in Berlin and, and the other cities. This is Christian Andreessen, of course, and Cheryl. Uh, they are the um, GMI shepherding couple over all the missionaries in Europe. You're very familiar and acquainted with them. I just wanted to pop their uh, image up here as a reminder as well. Just a really quick, a couple of a uh, couple of points on culture. Um, again, you're probably familiar with this, but just let me remind you. And then, as I go through some of these, if you think of any uh, any of these areas that you'd want to know a little bit more about, I would love to um, love to hear your questions at the end in in just a few minutes. But. Um, but thinking about uh, Germany and the culture there spiritually, this is an image from Dietrich Bonhoeffer's church. And you can't tell that this is uh, really his church. There's really nothing happening in the church anymore. It's a beautiful building. Uh, the only thing really uh, denoting that it's Dietrich's church or where he would have preached sermons in would be that uh, picture on the wall you see me in front of, and then a little plaque on the outside. There's a little corner plaque outside mounted on the on the building, uh, referencing his name, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, there is a, they are using one of the, the side wings as a kind of an art gallery show, like, uh, or what would you say? Storage area kind of, it's not even really an, a gallery where you come and look at art. It's just kind of a storage side, side, side storage. Uh, so it, it, it really, um, just helps, understand a little bit more of um, the the church in Germany. This is maybe familiar to you. This is where uh, Martin Luther would have been kidnapped, a castle, the castle that Martin Luther would have been kidnapped to, to, to translate scripture. So if you know anything about the German language, there were 300 dialects before Martin Luther uh, translated scripture. And by the way, he, he translated the whole New Testament in three months in this castle. Uh, from from Greek to German, so the German speaking world would have a copy of scripture in their in their in their uh, language um, oh and by the way, you know so every castle needs a cannon there 's a cannon right inside the castle there um, and so it 's just kind of fun that 's the inside kind of entry area to the castle. This is probably the more the more common picture you might see the outside version there. The picture on the left is where Martin Luther would have translated scripture. That's his little little room that he did all the translating. Um, and then the picture on the right there is the outside of that castle. Um, so it's really a, a gorgeous spot. This is the Church of the Dome, downtown Berlin. Again, massive, massive uh, uh, Catholic churches. Uh, but we know they don't teach right, right salvation, true salvation in Christ, Christ alone. And so... Uh, just it's an image uh, for our minds to understand uh, just the the dire need throughout Europe and especially in Germany. 
Um, and then this is the cathedral in Cologne, massive structure again, gorgeous from an engineering standpoint, love it. Amazing, right? It's an amazing, uh, structural feat, but it is, uh, representative of the, of just the lay of the land spiritually. It, it helps us understand that, you know, there's a lot of, lot of needs spiritually in German and throughout Germany. Uh, this is on the border between Ger- Germany and Switzerland crossing the border of the Rhine river. Um, there was a 200 year old, uh, wooden bridge that we crossed over. So just really cool. A lot of, uh, great things, of course, to, um, uh, to experience and, and see, but why are we going? Why Germany? Why? Because we want to share Christ. We want to proclaim Christ to everyone that, uh, we may present everyone mature in Christ. So of course that's our goal. We want to Um, we want people to know and worship the God that we worship. And so that they would turn uh, to God from idols and serve the living and true God. Right. So that's, that's our aim. That's our desire that we would uh, be able to share Christ and that Christ would be known and worshiped, uh, throughout, throughout Europe. So if you have a card there, um, the different, uh, acronyms there, there's a, on the back, there's an ACBC, which if you're familiar with biblical counseling, um, this is the organization that we are also trying to partner with for Europe. So we're hoping to help ACBC launch kind of ACBC Europe to train and certify others in biblical counseling. That's that's hopefully part of the plan here with, with us going there that uh, I'm working towards fellow status, which just means they give, they give me... Um, they help me uh, actually certify others in biblical counseling. So I would love to do that, certify ministers, pastors throughout Europe in biblical counseling with ACBC. So we'll be working closely with them as well. Um, does that bring any questions to mind for you? Anything, any of those areas that you'd want to hear more on? Yeah. Yeah, any surveys that you would uh, land on probably at this point with atheism, Germany is at the very top of every single survey uh, with atheism. So they're one of the most atheistic countries, uh, at least on record right now, uh, as the surveys would show. But uh, your answer, your uh, your question for the wall, um, it, it was it was just around uh, the city, right? The, the, the Eastern part of the city. Am I wrong? Um, so I know it primarily the wall was going through Berlin. So it literally went up overnight and it actually went through streets. So you can see remnants that are down in the street where the wall was. So it literally separated neighborhoods, separated through the streets, separated families where they couldn't even give it across. So the Eastern side was the Russian side. And so there are a lot of Russians that are still there. In fact, the, the very first church before EBTC moved is a, is a Russian slash German congregation there. Um, but the Russians were more of a godless society and they were um, much more hard on the people that lived on the Eastern side of Berlin. The Western side was more known as the U.S. side. That's where we were 
um, giving relief. You know, you had to go through Checkpoint Charlie in a sense if you wanted to get across, but you had to have special papers. So you'd say the Western side is much more materialistic and hedonistic uh, right now, as opposed to the the Eastern side. The Eastern side is much more poor still than the Western. So there's still differences that are visible um, today when you when you go, you can still see. Does that? Yeah. So, so the structure. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, you can see even in the structure of the buildings, like the East side of Berlin has uh, just a more like plain building structure. The Western side is more, has more artistic, you know, value and uh, aesthetics in the building and their, um, their designs are, uh, you know, it's just different. You, it, there's, it's really a stark contrast between the two. Um, but to answer your question about culturally how it impacts, there is a significant difference between Eastern and Western even still, because I think, so the families that were in Eastern Berlin, some of them are still there, even though they, there's freedom to go anywhere you want now, of course, but, uh, they have experienced maybe or seen more atrocities behind the wall on the East side. And so, yeah, there's, there's probably even more so more atheism on the East side than the West side. That's how they even, they've even quantified it that way. Um, I think it's also, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, more open. There are people then that are also more open. Those that are, that are con- considering are more open for the gospel then as well, because they've seen this and they want answers. Um, and the others want answers too. They just don't know it. Right. So they just need the truth shared to them and hopefully the spirit would do a work in their hearts and allow them to see that as truth. But yeah. Go ahead. You can share. Yeah. Do you know? romantic language. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she only taught us high German. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And she never taught us about the best Yeah. 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 So now I get to read, read and read and write, and then learn the theology terms on top of that. Right. So all the systematic theology stuff. Now I have to learn all that, but yeah. um, So, I mean, that'll be our our focus when we first, you know, move there, going to language classes for Jeff and I, and uh, the Lord will work out. I don't know, you know, how that will work right now. At first we were going to do like one in the afternoon and one in the morning, uh, the Tudor boys, uh, you have to go to school. You can't homeschool in Germany. So they will go to a school and we're doing some language learning at home, but you know, it's hard to really learn when you don't hear it all the time. And I don't know it enough to help them or correct it. They're actually helping me with the little bit that we try to, you know, do, uh, several times a week. Um, so I, I encourage them a lot saying, you know, it'll be hard in the beginning, but you're going to learn more than mommy or daddy. You'll get to teach us and you know, English. And so kids there, 
actually um, the uh, the Friesen kids. So all of those families have four kids. The Friesens also have four boys and they told their mom and dad, wow, those Miller boys know English so well. <laughs> and so I told them, you know what? The kids there are going to be so excited that you know English. You guys can swap. You can teach them and they can teach you. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But that is a prairie quest for me go, just choosing what school we'll send them to. So. Yeah. Just real quick, I know we're running out of time, but you uh, you can definitely sign up for our newsletter. We would love to have you join our newsletter. Um, there's a sheet I actually have on our table you can pass around, or there's a there's a um, sheet that you could sign on the table up here. By the way, and we have on the table we have a German Bible. So if you want to brush up on your German, come read some German Bible. Uh, there's also one of the one of the best things in Germany is chocolate. So there's some chocolate up here at the table. Grab a piece of chocolate or two or three or five <laughs> before you go. All right. So, uh, but would love to chat with you uh, if you want to stick around after. We would be glad to answer any questions that you have or talk through anything that you might be thinking of. So. Thanks for having us. We're super excited to be here. So thanks so much.